Part two. Okay, for those waited with breath that is baited or was baited, AJ Hoffman career. This is for this is no oh let's skip the first year because he was getting his footin', footin', something like that roof. He's up in those four years sixty five units in college football alone, and last year he had the very best NFL record. And somehow Fez is still just busting chops. I reckon that's a pretty good record. <laughs> I reckon so. <laughs> All right. Here's our best bets. I'm going to start. This is a complex situation in that I like one of these games, probably a full unit or one of these picks. But then it's related to fading a team that I might have a quarter pick interest fading. And then I'm fading another team I want to fade maybe 80% of a pick. So it's kind of nice, right, Feds? We got a plus one. We got a minus 0.8. You know, I'm, I'm going to say the other one's like a minus uh, 0.1, like a tenth of a game. Uh-huh. So let's add it up. My pro position, the position I'm betting, is the Cleveland Browns to win their division, the AFC North. Now, looking at the current odds, I'm seeing the Browns at plus 380. Is that right, McKenzie? Yes, sir. I'll take it. All right, now the other numbers, Bengals plus 150, Ravens plus 220, Steelers plus 470. What's my rationale? I'll start with the Browns. Deshaun Watson played, I don't know, 28th best quarterback in the NFL. If he only becomes the 16th best. Now remember, this is a guy, his last full season was a top five quarterback. Top, not top 10, not top five. That was the year Aaron Rodgers, the first MVP. Brady had a massive year that year. Josh Allen had a massive year. And Deshaun Watson was right there. Mm. Herb's disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, not really. Was that even Herb's? Was he even in the league at that point? Yeah, it was his rookie year, yeah. So I expect at least that. Now, I do think the whole two high safeties and all that won't benefit Deshaun generally. I don't think he gets back to top five. But, again... Now, what else? The Browns have spent massive money on defense. This is a defense some people are saying top top 10 most sure. people. And last year they spent a lot of money, and it didn't work. The D wasn't great. They turned over a lot of players. And they say, because this is, I mean, the this is Stefanski's job's on the line. This was a guy that won Coach of the Year not that long ago. This ain't the NBA. We don't usually fire in the NFL Coaches of the Year a year later. Right. Two years. But – what do you do? They not make the playoffs again? Not win a playoff game yet? And so, I guess they beat the Steelers the one game. But it's like it's been underwhelming for all the talk of the analytics and the tanking and the zero and sixteen and the one and fifteen and the. Huh. <laughs> but I think this is a really good team, and this is their year if they're going to do it. All right, now. I love fading the Ravens. This is. Crazy to me what's happening with the Ravens. Now, let's think about this, Fez. The Ravens are the smartest franchise in the history of the world. That seems to be the basic assumption. Would you agree with that? Out in the media. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So that means they don't make many mistakes. Somehow we heard stories last year that isn't it great that the Ravens have stuck to their guns. They know what works with Lamar and they stick to it. They don't just go with the fads of passing the ball or whatever. No, they stick to this run game. 
And the rest of the league is moving, as Lombardi calls it, a six-back attack. The idea of the quarterback is a true threat to run, and you got to scheme differently on defense. you got to account for that. But somehow now, oh, look, the Ravens are changing their mind. Guys, let's get ready. We, there's a new best practices. Let's wait and hear what it is. Uh, it is now we got the college guy is coming in. He's got a diverse history, and it's going to be good because finally we unshackle Lamar. It was it was wrong that he was held back. Now we get some shiny new toys for him to throw. Oh, to. who's the new toys? A guy hasn't played for two <laughs> years. I, and rookies, it's proving not. Tell me about the receivers, fast. You caught me unprepared. So Bateman is. I'm. I'm. What I'm saying is Bateman, the guy that's been a failure as a like. Their, their best receiver is Andrews, and he's a tight end. Okay. So that's probably all you need. But to they say. had him last year, right? Yes, and he had a fine year. They oh. added Odell Beckham Jr. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they drafted Zay Flowers. Flowers, mm-hmm. yes. Very highly regarded. He's going to be great. <laughs> a lot of people high on him. Every first-round pick of receiver is supposed to be good. Yes. And seemingly, when the Patriots pick him, they're never good. <laughs> and when the Ravens pick him, they're never good. The Steelers can take a receiver in the sixth round. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, like Antonio Brown. I think he was fifth round. So, to, what are you looking at? Nothing. I'm are listening you, to are you. Are you saying he's not a Hall of Famer? No, I think he's certainly a Hall of Famer. I mean, he's Hall of Fame crazy, but he's still a Hall yeah. of Famer. <laughs> but, but the reality is we don't know what the rookies are going to bring us. And we don't know what OBJ is going to bring us and for how long. And your, your take is, and I think we all agree, that the strength of the Ravens is Lamar's legs and that, that rushing game. And now they're going to be forced to throw the ball almost half the time with all these you know, mouths to feed, right? No, I think they're going to be forced to throw the ball because they've changed. They've gone away from that run focus. Sure. So now you're saying Lamar that everyone's loved. It's been like fan worship in the media, all because what some guy? Do we really think Polian's a racist? Because he said Lamar maybe should be a wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He was wrong. There's people wrong all the time. Someone took Jamarcus Russell in the first round. They were wrong. They weren't. Ra- was it anti? I mean, it, to me. It's like that poor Bill. I mean, I guess he's in the Hall of Fame, but still, the idea that and and someone made a good point about him. You want to say that's atrocious, except if Lamar would have came in at the time and played in a normal NFL offense, he probably would have struggled mightily. Sure, the fact the Ravens committed to this specialized offense was a great, courageous thing, and they've won one playoff game. But also, well, Gre- Greg Roman came from the 49ers mm-hmm. and was with Kaepernick. Yeah, so, but they yeah. decided to bring him in, mm-hmm. though, right? So. And that's interesting. Did they make that decision after they drafted Lamar? I wonder what year that was. I mean, when that was, because you would think so, right? Roman's first year with the Ravens was 2019. That was Jackson's MVP year. But he had started games in his rookie Okay, year. so you're saying the rookie year, yeah, because Flacco played the first half of the year, then there was the bye, and then they lost what? I think the Chargers in the playoffs, didn't they? Yes. Okay, I can remember that. I hate I hate the Ravens. I just like when they lose. <laughs> but but they're listen, they're a tough comp- I tell you, everyone downs Flacco now. I was scared of Flacco as a Steelers fan. Because he would just throw that ball up late. We'd have we'd be up like 13-7, get a pass interference late. Oh. All right. I think it's possible that the guy that they've avoided having to run a real NFL or a uh, not legitimate, a conventional NFL offense. That guy finally, after, let's be candid, multiple years of passing seemingly being worse than his MVP year. And that's undebatable. If you look at his um, accuracy by those advanced analytics, it's not as good. He's been hurt two last two years. He is now, if you give him that 
NFL offense, you're going to finally let Russ cook. Oh, wait. <laughs> it seems very similar to that, doesn't it? Yeah. And to me, when you're getting plus 380, the thought is, okay, do you have a vision of how the, the leaders fall? And to me, it's Baltimore and the real uncertainty of Lamar as a thrower. And you know what? Maybe even if this was an if this was a throwaway year, meaning we got to get him reps throwing, he can't go from that what we've been doing to that and not suffer. But we're gonna have this year be a lesser year because we want to win a Super Bowl the next year or the year after. I would respect that, but that's I'm happy now that I'm betting against them in the division if that's the case. I don't think it is what they think it is, but I think it could be legitimately that's what it's gonna be. That it's gonna take this bad year to get him ready. Okay, I could be wrong, but there's a real question mark. I would make the case of, Fez, you got them seventh, the Ravens, right? Yes. What team has a question mark? What's the highest ranked team other than the Ravens that have, has a question mark near that big? Well, San Francisco, I'd say, has a big question mark, and they're five. But that's, I agree with that. But they, they're, they're stacked across the board. So. But in a weird way, that's why I have a big bet on Seattle to win the division. Yes. I, can see the, I can see the path. Of them having a disappointment. 2-1 Miami, 9. Two is, 2 is the health, though. Yeah, but okay, I accept that. It, it, I don't, I, it almost is like you're doing something wrong if you question that this is an easy transition. Mm-hmm. I could, he could have a great year, but there's real uncertainty. Now, with the Bengals, it's simpler. I like the Bengals generally. But this Joe Burrow calf injury... I think he might miss game one, and I'm going to throw a bonus best bet. I gave it kind of out, but I think I did, actually. Yeah. So I'm going to reinforce. I like fading the Bengals in week one against the Browns. Take Cleveland plus one. Yeah. Might even still find a one and a half. And, yeah, Fez is on it, you will. And I think they, well, they say the chance of re-injury on these calf injuries is about 30%. So even if they don't rush him back— there's a real chance of re-injury. If he hurts himself for four or six weeks, or if he hurts himself again, it's going to be at least six or eight weeks, they say, if not to see. And they say, unfortunately, I'm going to knock on wood because I like Burrow. They say this is what sets up an Achilles injury, that having this a little gimpiness in the calf. Mm. So I hope not. But if those two teams have real questions, a little less with the Bengals, I think the Browns are underrated. Best bet, Browns will win the division plus 380. Fez, what do you think? Yeah, I like it a lot. The variance of the Browns, if Watson goes back to playing how, how he played, it was six games, right? He played lousy for six games. If he's a top-10 quarterback, they're winning the division unless the Bengals, you know, Burrow's healthy the whole year. So I like it a lot. And even if Burrow's healthy the whole year. Still, I mean, the Bengals weren't that good statistically. You know, bottom line is um, uh, easily at the end of the year we could look back at this and say, why wasn't Cleveland favored to win this division? They could, they could win 13 games. All right, now you got a pick, and it's on the Bears. What are you doing? Yeah, very similar analysis to what you just did. You broke down the division, and I'm going to break down the NFC North. I'm going Bears under. Bears still suck. And how are the Bears getting this much respect? Well, let's, let's just look at the division. Well, Detroit is the best team in the division. And you know, the more I look at Detroit, Mackenzie ran some fine pregame numbers. You probably had him do this about the continuity of, of Detroit and the mm-hmm, like. And, mm-hmm. and I, certainly I have every optimism that Detroit's offense is going to be, you know, rock solid great. Uh, Minnesota, they're, they're an average team. You know, they won 13 games. Hey, they're, they're the second best team in the division. And now Green Bay. And, and again, they're over under this year is eight and a half, eight point six five. 
Yeah. So now we look at Green Bay and Chicago, and by all accounts, I got to tell you, every sharp I've spoken to has told me in whispers, boy, I can't wait. To, I'd love to get Green Bay plus three against Chicago. Green Bay's so much better than Chicago. That would be just an absolute steal. Green Bay's got, you know, if, if love can play a lick, they're so much better than the Bears. Do they whisper on the phone? <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, the Bears, where is the upside? The, the, the defense, yes, they brought in some guys. They're, they're improved. Second worst defense by yards per play last year. I mean, there's still going to be a, a well DVOA. They're, they're still going to be a below, well below average defense. And where's the upside on on the offense? Who's is DJ Moore suddenly going to make you know Fields a, a great passer? I mean, they've got average wide receivers. They're who's the running back? Herbert. I mean, they got they 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 got Cole Komet. They got all these guys that are average with a below average quarterback. And he might not even run as much as he did last year. This team won three games last year. They'll be better. They'll win five and a half. I think it's fair to say if Fields takes the step that some people are hoping for, this win total is right. That, that, that this mm. assumes he takes a clean step. Yeah, I love I love that. This is a, a total free roll that if, if if he completely takes two steps forward, seven and a half is right. And the beauty of this is we're getting plus VIG. They, all the time I hear people say, oh, Fez, you only play like the minus 125s. You don't like playing the underdog stuff. Well, it's under 7.5 plus ten, pretty much in most places right now. So you're getting plus 110 on the under 7.5. Yeah, I mean, listen, no bet like this is going to be better than 55%. But I really look at the scenario. He's got to be in the 60th percentile of his possible results for the Bears to be competitive. If he is in the 40th percentile of his possible results um i don't think i don't think the bear it'd be hard for them to they're go winning over five that. games and they're finishing last place again. i think if he's in that percentile the bears may not play him the full season like if if by week but this would just no, be but, slight, but their backup's pj walker it would hmm. still be better so they don't even have a backup that's that's another th- yeah. reason i like it and, he, and he's going to be potentially hurt running that much yeah. i mean he was banged up at the end of the year yeah so what do you, you got any thoughts on this or either of them I mean, I'm down on the Bears. I, I think I think Fez is on the right page here with the under seven and a half. Did I pick the Bears as one of my unders? The Bears was my under. It was your. Yeah, it was yeah, like someone yeah. picked the Bears as one of the unders. Yeah. Anything? Uh, I mean, obviously, like I said, when we did the win totals, Bears were mine. So yeah, I'm high on the Bears. The the one the only yeah, thing that worries yeah. me about low the Browns, on the Bears. or yeah, I'm, I'm low on the Browns or low on the Bears high on under. The fade <laughs> of the Bears. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that worries me about the Browns is, and I know you say this isn't as sticky year to year, but. Every defense in that division last year was good. It was thought that the Browns were going to have a good defense, and the Browns didn't have a good defense. But last that's year. the thing—they replaced like more than half the players. Yeah. So I, I like mean, the additions on the Browns' defense: Davlin Tomlinson and uh, another guy from the Vikings too, Darius Smith, which is a big yeah. one. Yeah. Um, People also, talking about him being a defensive player Clowney. of the year. Yeah, Lose Clowney. Yeah, but. History could be on your side, RJ, too, with the Browns. 18 of the last 20 seasons, a team has gone from last place in their division to win the division the following year. Somewhere in the NFL, right? Somewhere. In the NFL. 18 of the last 20 seasons. I said one of the divisions. And yes. we are, we Someone are has gone so confident it's going to happen this year because Tampa Bay isn't winning their division. The other three yeah. guys often tie for last. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But the Browns finished in last place last year, and they have a good shot this year. The, but do they officially tie for last? Or? I, no. no. The Falcons Atlanta, were officially Atlanta, Atlanta winds up being the last win, place yeah. for the tiebreakers. From the tiebreakers. And, and now they're favored to win, right? They uh, are no, second favorite. Saints. Oh, the Saints. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, you know what? Because I didn't play Blossom, I'm going to give one more pick. Ooh. And here it comes. I'm going to play Blossom first, though. And then... Give the pick. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your 
my mind. Now, I hinted at this. I don't think I made it official a couple weeks ago, but I've gotten more information on this. We're going and we're getting a number now. Russell Wilson under, and it is now 3,700. Mackenzie, can you make that a little bigger, please? There we go. 3,750 and a half passing yards. Now, the under is minus 140, so it's getting some action. Um, Here's my thinking. We saw this from uh, Sean Payton. He's rascally. He is not going to be reactive. He's going to be proactive. They paid a lot of money for Stidham. Mm. I mean, that, that, it was a two-year deal they gave him. Can you look that up real quick? I think, it was, I think they said like 19 million. It was a crazy number. I want to see what it is. Um, two-year 10 million. Two-year 10 million a year or, t- or 10 million for ten, two? 10 million total. I don't think that's right. Or, or, or Randy Mueller was wrong. So can you look at it? I know that sometimes they say these sources are – so there's no signing bonus or nothing? He had a bigger number. You want to check the other one, the over-the-cap, just in case? Sure. Yep. But, I mean, I think you're probably right. But he did not say 10 because 10 for two years would not have made me blank. Two years, 10 mil, 5 million fully guaranteed. Okay, of the 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. But still, it's not cheap for, I mean, amongst the backups, it's one of the more expensive ones. For some reason, the number, maybe he just had it wrong, resonated in my head differently. But still, this is a guy, let's be candid, if I'm the Raiders, if I could have Jimmy G or Stidham, after what we saw from Stidham last year, where he, what did he throw? And I, the first game, he threw for like 450 yards, you remember. He had an okay set. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a guy Belichick thought legitimately could compete for quarterback. It's been a couple more years you know, I don't know. I, I, I feel like they brought in Stidham, Stidham for a reason. Is if they can ben- if Russell Wilson starts to blow up, they bench him. They just do. Mm. And even if they bench him for one or two games, or two- this is the ultimate free roll. Where if 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 you're if they told you Russell Wilson's going to play every game, the number's probably fair. But you know, you got the injury going for you, and you got the benching going for you. You got two ways you can win outright. And I'll tell you this: if I could get into the exposure of this bet and get into what's the odds that he's going to get benched, I would all my edges right there. I'm not even all that pessimistic about Russell Wilson with Sean Payton. I think he'll be fine. You know, I think only, from memory, I think only 12 quarterbacks threw for 3,600 yards last year. So it doesn't sound like that much per game. But mm-hmm. the thing is, it's rare that a quarterback, unless he's Kirk Cousins or someone, plays every game, you know? And I would say that's true. And I, and I also would make the case that I know there's just the one injury, but as your receiving core is getting hurt, it, it feels like, you know, and, and someone made a really good point. I think it was actually uh, Mike Shando said, he said, um, isn't it interesting when, when Aaron Rodgers responded to what Sean Payton said, he said, you know, I think he's just trying to defray blame when they have a bad year. Now, who's going to know the, the Denver Broncos better than Sean Payton even now? Maybe Hackett from last mm-hmm. year, and Hackett and Rodgers are best buddies. So Hackett's telling Rodgers that's a disaster. Yes. Now, maybe he doesn't know because that's all he knows is what he was doing. But it does feel like that that statement by Rodgers was pretty bold. That's mm-hmm. saying that Denver's not going to – because if Denver has a good year, it's going to look kind of embarrassing. I, that's not the driver here, but it does feel like Payton's doing a lot of dancing. And look at me. If you were confident, are you really doing that? Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I mean, and, and Sean Payton doesn't just do things without thinking them through. 
So to me, that makes me a little pessimistic about Denver, and it makes me think again, Russell Wilson getting benched. Because if anything, Sean Payton has a chance to say, this guy is so problematic. Like You don't understand what I understand because I am an elite NFL X's and O's guy. He is not even playable, the guy you gave me. Don't blame me for this record. Stidham, you're right. You know, right? And the, the team probably likes it because they're still mad at him for last year. Mm-hmm. Under. Also, Sierra, his wife, just announced uh, today on Instagram that they are expecting their for- a fourth child. So the baby could be born at some point during the season. A little distraction. Now that is that is. We saw Mahomes. Side when, you're on your, when you're on your fourth child, you don't get distracted. That's by the side and total analysis that we. Uh, listen, Scott we saw Steinberg Mahomes get we... distracted watching that quarterback special. Mm-hmm. When Mahomes had that bad game, it was right before his wife gave birth. It seems like and his was, family's he, involved he was, with all his bad games. He was distracted right before you know that they had their second child. And Mariota was about to have a child, and I think it, it, it when you were watching it. You could just see, you know, this is this is a factor. You know, it's hard. Life's hard. You know, here's the question. Back in the 80s or the 90s, because I heard something about someone's expecting a kid. It's a head coach. It's Sean McVay. Apparently that kid is due somewhere in October or somewhere in the middle of the season. And there was a show that was speculating, will he miss that game? It's like he's getting, you know, it's like, I get being in the – it's nice if you could be there. But, like, back – could you imagine, like, Terry Bradshaw missing a Steelers game because no. – but somehow we're – how did we evolve so quickly? I mean, Major League Baseball, they have a – they have a – like, you can go on, like, a paternity list. Like, you, you, you're excused. I, I actually think the, the, the first child I, – I agree with AJ. He's, he mentioned that. Once you have three kids, it's not as big a deal. But that first child is, like, that, that's – no, I'm not saying what you think. You've been pussified like everyone else. No I, doubt. If, but the point I'm making, see, that's the pussy. When I say, hey, you call me a pussy when you say poly. No, I just say pussified. <laughs> you yeah. But, but I'm saying in the 80s, if you were to try to do that, they would have they like put you, gave you a wedgie and sent you back to your, <laughs> the kicker's room. Yeah. What's changed? What's changed, AJ? I mean, I think this, the world's changed. Like, Europe has been giving days off for that, or like time off for maternity leave and things like that for a long time. And people I, were I'm like, I'm not even sure I have a problem with that. I think the idea of like three months is absurd for the, for the guy yeah. is crazy. I think it's crazy too. I would rather sell the company and, and be selling lemonade on the side of the road than pay someone for three Who's months. Who's given three months? European ring, countries, yeah. The ringer does. What? Yeah, they, on Rosillo's pod is... Uh, That's almost how much vacation I take in the summer. <laughs> no. I just go around and start knocking chicks up all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I, I, don't think, I don't think you're allowed getting, like, woke... Leave if you say knock chicks up. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's interesting. It all comes full circle. All right, boys. So you guys did some pre-recording. What do we got coming up? Pac-12 preview. The probably the last Pac-12 preview in the history. Did you talk about what happened, how it went down, what it means to college football. In yes. General? So uh, give us the give me the the little uh, preview before the movie. Well, the preview is the Pac-12 is dead. And we know that Washington State and Oregon State are the last two standing. Uh, they'll likely end up joining another conference. You think? Well, I mean, like it, because there was there were some people saying, well, why don't the remaining Mountain West schools join the Pac-12 and save the Pac-12? The remaining Mountain West schools have a buyout, like where they would all it would, all, it would cost them all money to get out of their league deal. 
The Pac-12 has no buyout. It's a lot easier for the Mountain West to absorb the Pac-12. Even though the Pac-12 brand is bigger, it's just not possible for them to absorb anyone else. So it goes away. What do you think? Mountain Pac-12 mm-hmm. has a nice ring to it. The Mountain Pac. Yeah. That's it. Mountain no, Pac. No numbers. Mm, that's a good Roy one. Roy West I think you need to stop putting numbers stop. in the conference big, the names. The Big Ten's going to have 20 teams. The Big 12 is going to have 16. <laughs> They're really I, bad at that. I, I think that the Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, Stanford's are all going to be distracted, and it, it has some impact on them. I don't know if it's half a point, but I really think that it is an issue. The kids are going to be distracted. Kids and coaches. coaches. No, I think I think kids could leave after four games and you know preserve their eligibility, if, you know, try and transfer away. And coaches trying to you know catch on with the, a major conference you know, setting out the resumes. For more of this, listen up. And what else we got? Is that it? No, we talked uh, We talked some bet bash with oh, Fez. Fez, uh, when he was fully drunk. Yeah, and we got some of his thoughts on the, uh, on the conference realignment stuff as well and on the Pac-12. And that's coming up next. I'm R.J. Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas and they got a water bottle and they got like a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner And maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1, and all of a sudden, you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well, I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against with pick six? You're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. All right, as we have been doing, Scott, I don't know if you realize this, college football season is less than three weeks away. What? Yeah, yeah. The time has come. Everybody's talking about the NFL. College football is coming faster. Uh, There's no hard knocks for uh, college football, but if there was – 
maybe the most uh, interesting behind-the-scenes look would be somewhere in the Pac-12 right now. I don't think it would be just – we don't need, like, a hard knocks with a college football team. We just need a hard knocks with all, like, the conference commissioners. Yeah. Just follow along like Greg Sankey every week. I, I feel safe in saying that this is the last time on the Dream Preview that we will ever have a preseason preview of Pac-12 football. I think you're right. Because – it looks like now, you know, eight of the 12 teams have confirmed that they're departing. Mm-hmm. Cal and Stanford are now in talks with the ACC, which you talk about a travel nightmare. Woof. And then Oregon State and Washington State are kind of the sisters of the poor that no one wants. And I, my guess is they'll end up in the Mountain West, which is probably a good fit for them anyway. Like from a competitive balance standpoint, like they'll be they'll be actually probably pretty good uh, in in those sports in in that league. So, uh, but it does look like it's falling apart. But of course, still money to be made this year. That's all happening mm-hmm. later. For right now, there's 12 teams in the Pac-12 conference, and we are going to break down uh, like we have been doing the winner, the uh, a dark horse, and then some uh, some win totals. One win total over. One win total under. Let's start by giving the odds uh, here in the Pac-12. And there, the Pac-12, maybe more than any other conference, has a, a fine or like a firm line of the good and the not good. Mm-hmm. There are six teams that I could like I can picture a world where they win the Pac-12. There are six teams where, like, I can. They have no chance. I can picture pigs flying before I think they win. Pac 12A, Pac 12B. And when you look at the, like, anytime you're looking at a win total, I I, I assume you went through this same thing in your your handicapping. Anytime I was looking at win totals, it's like, okay, how many of the top six do they play? How many of the bottom six do they play? Who do you miss? Because all these teams play nine nine of the uh, of the eleven possible mm-hmm. opponents, so they miss two. Everybody misses two opponents. If you're lucky enough to miss two of the top six, hey, good on you. Uh, there is one school, the only school who avoided none of the top six. They <laughs> they were they scheduled all six. Here's a hint. I went under their win total for my win total. Okay. So uh, let's first look at the odds to win the Pac-12. The favorite, USC plus 190, Oregon plus 300, Washington plus 320, Utah plus 600, Oregon State 11 to 1, UCLA 14 to 1. And that's it. Draw the line. Draw the line. Washington State 40 to 1, Cal 80 to 1, Arizona 100 to 1, Colorado and Arizona State, 120 to 1. Stanford, 250 to 1. Boy, it feels like three years ago, Stanford was like mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. factor in this league. Uh, no longer a factor in the league. All right, Scott, I will uh, give you the honors. Where are you going for your pack? 12 champion? My pack 12 champion is also my pack 12 win total over. It's the same team, and it's the favorite, the USC Trojans at plus 190. Call it chalky all you want. But the over, their win total is set at 10 even. Yeah. And it's even money to the over. 
So this isn't juiced, which means that there's juice on the under 10. People aren't believing this team is going to win 10 games. Nine wins from USC this year would be an absolute colossal failure. Their offense was absolutely explosive last year. Number three in total offense. They were second in third down conversions. They never turned over the football. They were the best team in the country in limiting turnovers. And all they did this year was bring in Cliff Kingsbury as a quarterback coach and an offensive analyst. Is that good? No one said anything about him being a head coach. But in terms of running an offense and coaching Caleb Williams, the returning, reigning Heisman Trophy winner, he's only going to make him better. So I think this offense gets better from what they were last year. And on defense, a little bit of struggles last year, but three monster transfers came in this year on defense. On the defensive line, Keon Bars from Arizona, Jack Sullivan from Purdue, Bear Alexander from Georgia, and at linebacker, Mason Cobb from Oklahoma State. This is a completely revamped defense that has high expectations this season. Now let's talk about their schedule. Utah, Washington, and UCLA, all at home. One loss is likely on this schedule. Maybe it's to Notre Dame. Maybe they lose to Oregon. If they lose two games, it's a push on the win total. I cannot see this team losing three games unless Caleb Williams goes down to injury. If Caleb Williams is healthy this season, this team wins at minimum 10 games on this schedule. Your thoughts? Remember, they went 11-1 and last year. Uh, They should be at least... Uh, you know, I think this, the years the, the team is going to be very similar to last season's team. Like I, I do think that they are as good as anyone offensively. One of the things that you said as a positive is one that I think is a negative, and it's the same reason I didn't trust USC last year. It was like eventually this turnover luck has to stop. Like they were plus one million in turnovers mm-hmm. and number one in the country. A, a lot of that is luck. Like you're, sure. I mean. USC was very, very fortunate in the turnover department last year. You throw the ball around as much as they do, you're supposed to turn it over more than they did. My assumption is they turn it over more this year. I, I, I like where you went with the 10 because it's hard to picture them falling under it. Um, they lost both, both times they played Utah last year, they lost. There's something about Utah defensively. Well, one of them, Caleb Williams was on one leg in one yeah. of those games, so... Um, but Utah is a, a weird matchup, I think, for for mm-hmm. USC. Um, Notre Dame is going to be good, better, and but I, I think the big thing I, that scares me for USC is Washington, and I, I'll just we'll transfer right into my winner. I'm going to pick Washington to win the Pac-12 plus three twenty. Um, they didn't play each other last year, Washington and USC, mm-hmm. but. To, to beat the Trojans, I think you're going to have to be comfortable in a track meet. And the Huskies are one of the teams that I know are going to be comfortable sure. in a track meet. And the turnover for Washington, or turnaround, excuse me, for Washington happened really quick. They are bringing back almost all of what they had last year on offense. Michael Penix Jr. turns out that uh, he's a perfect fit for Kalen DeBoer. Like, this, they are a match. They worked together when they were both at uh, Indiana, and it was the best the and, best, the best, best season from Michael Penix was when he was with Kalen DeBoer. And then Kalen DeBoer left. Mm-hmm. Michael Penix. Exactly. And then look now, what happened last year. Reunited, and it feels so good. Uh, and he's, listen, they're loaded with weapons. They've got one of the best wide receiver rooms in the entire country. They've got a fantastic offensive line. 
Uh, the offense was elite last year. Se- number two nationally finishing drives on offense. Like they, they were putting it in the end zone. The defense is good by Pac-12 standards. Uh, like that, and when I say by Pac-12 standards, most teams in the mm-hmm. Pac-12 defense is very optional. Washington is one of the best, probably top third in the league defensively. I think, U- I think USC is as well. Utah certainly is. But you want to have a team who's at least serviceable on that side of the ball. I feel like Washington, is they fall into that category of serviceable. This is year two of the defensive system. The defense got much better late in the year last year as the, as the season went on. And the schedule is very friendly. Oregon and Utah are both at home. Mm-hmm. They avoid UCLA altogether. Uh, I think it's going to boil down to USC, and it may boil down to USC twice. That's um, the thing. They'll, they'll, if if their schedule goes according to plan, and by plan I'm saying you know win the games that you're favored in and whatnot, uh, I think they'll be underdogs at USC, but they'll probably be favored home against Oregon. Yeah. They'll, they'll be favored home against Utah, and the, the the problem is you have the USC and Utah games in back to back weeks. That's tough. You go at USC in almost a make-or-break yep. game for your college football playoff hopes, and then maybe if it's an emotional win, you don't want that let down against Utah the next week. Yeah. Or if it's an emotional loss, you got to pick yourself up off the mat really quick because then you got to take on Utah, who you're going to be competing with to try and have a rematch with USC in the Pac-12 title game. Yeah, Washington's schedule in that way is funny because you're right. Their two toughest games are back-to-back, but – the other two games, the other two games, that you, or two other two spots where you think, man, we'd really like to have some rest going in here. They get a bye week before the Oregon game, mm-hmm. and they get a bye week before the USC game. Now they don't really get a bye week, but they play Stanford, which is yeah. like it's like a bye week. Yeah, when they're uh, up so by they, thirty-five, they probably get a second yeah. half bye. <laughs> yes, uh, there. So here's what I just: it's hard for me to like you, and I do like USC. It's just hard for me to like them at plus one ninety. It just feels like such a short price. I've got more questions about Utah and Oregon than I do Washington. So this is this team I saw having the most value at the top of the Pac-12. So I'm going to go with Washington plus 320 for my uh, my Pac-12 champion. You mentioned your question marks with Utah. Well, Utah's my dark horse at 6-1. to one. And I have a couple of reasons, and you can tell me what your questions are with them, but we know they dominate at home. 14 straight wins at home. They should roll through their schedule winning all their home games. And you have to win one of your two tough road games, either at USC or at Washington. If they can split those games, they can get a win. They're a one-loss conference team, one-loss Pac-12 record. They're going to the Pac-12 championship game. If they lose both of those games, they may need some help. But there's still an outside chance that a two-loss team in the Pac-12 can go to the championship game. But they might need help. A one-loss team is going to the championship game. I agree. So if they can split at USC and at Washington, this team is going to have a chance to be in the, in the Pac-12 title game. Cam Rising should be ready to go coming off of his knee injury for the start of the season. All reports are looking good. Their lines are big and physical and strong. And I think, with all due respect to Lincoln Riley, they got the best coach in the conference. Kyle Whittingham is the best coach in the Pac-12. And... This team, as long as they can get into the game, they have the experience, they have the moxie, and at 6-1, to one, you know that price is not going to be there 
when they're in the Pac-12 title game, whether it's a rematch against USC, a rematch against Washington, or, or, or maybe they're playing somebody else, uh, I think that 6-1 to one is a good price on a very well-coached football team. I like a Utah conference future way more than I like a Utah win total over. And here's well, because why. they can be they can have two losses and get to the Pac-12 championship game. I also think I don't think Cam Rising is going to play Week One against Florida. Like okay. you said, all reports are good. That's not what I've read. Uh, and let's remember, he tore his ACL on January. In January, 1st. yeah. Like at the Rose Bowl, he tore his ACL. Like to to think that he's going to come back less than nine months later and just be himself. Mm. isn't real. ACL surgeries aren't what they used to be. But if you're a competitive athlete, you've got to run. You've got to be able to take hits. It's You're not going to be yourself when you start. And I think it's a lot more important for Utah to win the Pac-12 than it is for them to beat Florida. Uh, I, don't, I don't even think they're going to play him week one. I, I would be shocked, actually, if he was out there playing week one. Because, let's face it, if Cam Rising gets hurt, like in, in, nothing you say good about Utah means anything because they're mm-hmm. not good. Uh, they're a good defensive team with a nice home field advantage. Cam Rising is is what will make them either go or not go. Cam Rising, I I think if if you have and if you take away his legs, like if you say okay, well Cam Rising just won't run. I'm not interested in Utah there either. Yeah. Like part of what makes Cam Rising so good is he's got an ability to to take off. Uh, so I could see them being very ultra conservative early Sitting in the season. Sitting in week one, they maybe have a hiccup against I, – I don't think they lose at home to Florida. But um, – I, I don't know. They, nobody thought they'd lose to Florida last year. That was a close game. Anthony Richardson put it's, himself in the Heisman what, conversation what were they, after like that game. like an eight-point favorite or something like that? Like, they were they were supposed to dominate that game. They 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 got beat outright. Um, going to Gainesville and then Anthony and Richardson having hindsight, a game of his life is a lot different than going to Salt Lake where they don't lose. In hindsight, though, Florida wasn't good. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, they, they went and they lost to a bad team. Like, that is concerning. So, but, and especially if they don't have Cam Rising, I think they can lose in Utah to Florida. Like, it, it wouldn't shock me at all, in fact, if Cam Rising Good thing doesn't it doesn't play. affect their Pac-12 title hopes. It does not. Uh, so, if they if, if they were if they could lose to a a, a six and six Florida team last year in Florida, I think they could without Cam Rising. I think all bets are off. But I do. I if you if you had to choose one, I'm choosing the Pac-12 future versus mm-hmm. the win total because I I don't think that Cam Rising is ready to go early. Uh, for my dark horse, I went a little darker, and I went to Oregon State, the Beavs. One of the only Pac-12 teams remaining. Uh, <laughs> Favored to win the Pac-12 in 2024? It, it should be. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's a two-league two team. They're just going to play Washington State over and over. In a conference where defense is optional, and let's face it, I was just saying, in the Pac-12, defense is kind of optional. Mm-hmm. I think Oregon State is going to be a nightmare for teams because they run the ball at will. And that was last season. Now... Really what kept Oregon State from being great last year, and Oregon State ended up being a lot better than I think anybody thought. What kept them from being great was quarterback play. They were miserable at quarterback. Look no further than the Oregon State-USC game where they threw four interceptions 
and it still took a last-minute Caleb Williams touchdown to beat them 17-14. to Like, they gave USC more fits than anybody all year, probably, outside of Utah. Um, they bring in DJ Uyunglele, mm-hmm. and whatever you thought of him at Clemson, I, I think he was – I mean, there's no doubt he was a massive disappointment at Clemson. I think there's two things to look at. One, he was – the offensive system at Clemson – has not been good since Trevor Lawrence left. And it didn't really fit his skill set properly. Number two, even if, if DJ Uyunglele was, it was what we saw him be the last two seasons, he's still a massive upgrade for Oregon State. Sure. Like, he, for, compared to what they had, this is – like, is he, is he going to be the next Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence? No, <laughs> he's not. But is he going to be the best quarterback Oregon State's had in some time? I think absolutely. Uh, he's playing behind a fantastic offensive line, one of the best in the country. The, and like I said, probably probably the best running offense in the Pac-12 this season. There's certainly questions on the defensive side of the ball. There are on on most teams, but this is there's a couple things to like. They've got one of the better safety duos uh, in the league. They, they are going to be able to create some pass rush. Cornerback situation is bleak. Uh, that could end up biting them, especially in a league where everybody's throwing the ball around besides them. But, again, they were good enough to, to hold USC down last year. Mm. And um, speaking of USC, Oregon State avoids them all together this season. That's a positive. Don't have to play them. As for the rest of the top teams, they get Utah at home. They get UCLA at home. They get Washington at home. The only one of those top six teams that they travel to, Oregon, mm. where that Civil War game, every single – it doesn't matter where they're playing. Yeah. That, that's a ball game. Uh, to me, if DJU is an upgrade over what they had last year, and I think it's automatic that he will be, this could be a sneaky good team. And it better than 10-1, to 1, I, I don't hate it. I, I, I can. I, there's way worse values on the board than there is Oregon State at eleven to one, in my opinion. You bring up some fair points. Uh, I'm going to ask you about DJ um, in just a moment here because I'll ask you about the. I'll give you some time to think about this when I give you. I'll give you my under right now, but I'm going to ask you for which player in the Pac-12 are you betting to win the Heisman Trophy? And we'll go over the candidates in the Pac-12. Okay. Essentially, we're just going to talk about the top five, six quarterbacks. Before you do your under, let me give my over, since you've already given your over. Okay, good. And then uh, we'll, we'll flip-flop our unders. But uh, for my win total over, I'm going to go over UCLA at 8.5. And, and there's a lot of change for the Bruins on the offensive side of the ball. They lost their quarterback that they had for like 18 years. <laughs> uh, they lost Zach Charbonnet. But the cupboard is far from bare for Chip Kelly. They finished top 10 in portal rankings. At QB, they've got options. They bring back Ethan Garbers. He was the backup last season. And anyone who's had some time in Chip Kelly's system is already you're starting off on the right foot. But if he struggles at all, they've got one of the top incoming freshmen in the country in Dante Moore. Five-star, dual-threat quarterback. So far this, uh, this offseason in the spring and, and early, early uh, fall, been described as quote advanced and special those are good signs for a freshman and if chip kelly like chip kelly's gonna get the most out of his quarterback no matter what 
if Dante Moore really is where like they're making it sound like he is, I don't know if he'll start week one, but if there's any trouble mm-hmm. with Garbers, I, I think they're going to look for a reason to go ahead and get with him. Um, they've got a, a really deep, really strong offensive line. They've got a good tight end room. Uh, replacing Charbonnet is going to be tough, um, but you know, in today's modern NFL world, or modern NFL world, modern football world, you could find running backs. And if you've got a good offensive line and you've got a quarterback, the running back's probably going to be good no matter who it is. Uh, defense has been overhauled a little. It's young, but they they brought in, they did a great job recruiting, uh, and they killed it through the transfer portal with no surprise on either of those things with Chip Kelly. Defensive coordinator is an important thing to watch. If you remember last year, their defensive coordinator died. Um they went to the NFL ranks to get DeAnton Wynn from the Ravens. I love this. I love going and getting and like he's never been a, a DC. He was a safeties coach in Baltimore. But I love having that NFL influence. I love that it came from Baltimore. And I won't say that when RJ's around, but <laughs> uh I, I I think that if you're gonna bring an NFL mind into your college program, I think it's a, a great thing. I think it's gonna be great for recruiting as well. Uh, so I, I'm excited to see what UCLA's defense can do. And from a schedule standpoint, they avoid Washington and Oregon. So, you, like I said, everybody avoids two teams. The fact that UCLA avoids Washington and Oregon, two of the, the good six, is massive. Unfortunately, they have three, they have three road losses. Three road losses on their schedule. Their three, three toughest games are all on the road. USC, Oregon State, Utah are all on the road. The other two road games, Stanford and Arizona, though the home the home slate is an absolute joke. It's a cakewalk. Like they they're not going to lose a home team a home game. Well, they can't afford a hiccup. Like if they if they're a nine and three team, if they just don't avoid a hiccup, they lose those three road games and and they'll finish nine and three. So I don't that, think. It, but I, I do you think Oregon State's a lock that they they lose to them? I think it's a I think it's a tough game. I, I, it yeah. is a, certainly a tough game. But if they I mean if they win that game, mm-hmm. now you feel like they can't lose. If they lose that game, they have to get upset to lose, to 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 lose under eight and a half. That's Sorry. what I'm saying. I, th- I think, like I said, they're nine and three. I believe if they can, if they just lose those three road games and don't avoid a hiccup. But if they have a hiccup somewhere along the line, it's a bad loss somewhere. Then it's an eight and four season. Chip has gotten this t- thing through the rebuild. Remember, the first three seasons were all losing seasons. Eight wins two years ago, nine wins last year, while well, eight wins in the regular season. Uh, I, I think that they are ready to push the top of the league this season. So I like UCLA over eight and a half. All right, let's go to your win total under uh, for the Pac-12. Who do, you, who do you think underperforms this year? Prime, Coach Prime in Colorado. I'm going under three and a half. Oof. Now you're buying at a bad time. Sure. Like this was five and a half. Mm-hmm. Like some for some reason it was five and a half. I have no idea why. I, I don't necessarily. I wouldn't bet against you. I wouldn't want to book this. But you, like it feels like all the margins are gone now. Like your margins yeah. for error. Sure. They have so much talent coming in. It's just it's a hodgepodge that probably won't mesh well early on. It's going to take some time to mesh. They have a new fast-paced offense under former Kent State coach Sean Lewis that puts a lot of pressure, not just on Shador Sanders, but it puts a lot of pressure on the defense because this is an offense that probably won't be on the field a lot. Uh, Kent's offense was only on the field for like 20 minutes a game, 20, 25 minutes a game. So the defense is going to be on the field a lot. They won't hold up against this schedule. They're not going to be favored at all in, in any of their games. And you look at the schedule and you try and find four wins – 
it's very difficult. I think if they beat, which they can, Colorado State rivalry game, beat Stanford, maybe beat Arizona, those are your three wins. But the rest of the schedule at TCU, Nebraska, at Oregon, USC, at Arizona State, at UCLA, home to Oregon State, at, at, I mean, maybe at Washington State, at Utah. This is a difficult schedule. It's tough. And for a coach that's never coached in this conference before, who, you know, is talking above his head, who is bringing in a bunch of transfers from all different places that I just think the growing pains are going to be felt in year one for Coach Prime. This was a one-win team a season ago. At best, they are a three-win team this year. I I think that when, like, if you have a a good portal class, it's awesome if you're adding it to your core. But this is that is your core? Yeah. yeah. This is, it was basically torn down to nothing and rebuilt. I think it's going to be a disaster year for Colorado, but I, I just knowing that it could have, you could have had it at five and a half. Like I, I can't get behind it at three and a half. Like I, I don't, I, again, I'm not booking the other side. I'm certainly not saying, Oh, they're going to win mm-hmm, four mm-hmm. games. Like I, I, I don't think so, but it, it, it's not it at that number. It wouldn't shock me because I do think like these players are excited to play for him. But I also think every team's going to give, Colorado their best like sure. Colorado is because they're going to get so much national attention because of prime that they're going to want to stick it to them and nobody wants to be on the other side of the microphone no. when Dion wins exactly so I I think you are like you're going to you're going to see this team treated like a not like a when teams see Stanford on their schedule this year they're going to be like well okay yeah when they see Colorado, I think the kids on the other team are going to be like, okay, let's do that. Or coaches, too. Coaches mm-hmm. who don't mm-hmm. like the way they handled the transfer portal. All right, let's put it on these boys. Yep. So uh, don't disagree with you there. For my win total under, I'm going to go with the Cal Bears under five. Uh, and that's at plus 100 or even money, mm-hmm. depending on uh, who you are. I've heard it called both. Uh, but, you know, I'm a square. Uh and this is one of the more head-scratching win totals on the board. I don't really get why it's still at five. Uh, opened at five and a half. It's now five, even money. But they won four games last year, and their conference schedule swaps out Arizona, who they beat last year, and Colorado, who they lost to last year, Oof. for Utah and Arizona State. They play every good team in the Pac-12. All, all six, the top six, they play all of them. Mm-hmm. That's a terrible thing. They only have four home games in conference this year. That's a terrible thing. They've got a new offense with Jake Spavital coming in from Texas State. That's not a good thing. <laughs> uh, at least it hasn't been in the past. There's just not much reason to expect the, the offense to have, like, And maybe we, him, him not being a head coach, Spavital, maybe it's a good thing. But I don't think it's going to be an instant improvement. They've got a new quarterback, Sam Jackson, who was the third-string quarterback at TCU last year. Like, didn't get on the field, but he's going to be behind one of the worst offensive lines in the country. Uh, he can run a little bit, which kind of, I guess, sort of gives them a floor. But, again, like what it, it, if you're asking this team to get bowl eligible, I need more than just a solid floor. Uh, and then on the de- defensive side, they were terrible last season. And they, on top of being terrible last season, they lost 70% of their production. So, And Cal is not exactly a recruiting hotbed right now. No. So I, I, I think these are this is a disaster season. Justin Wilcox hasn't been to a bowl game since 2019. 
this schedule, nothing about what's happening at Cal right now makes me think, oh, yeah, this is a buy-on team. They're going to a bowl this year. And that's what it would take for me to lose this under, is them getting to bowl eligibility. There's four wins on this schedule. I, I think four wins is generous. Yeah, so, that's if they don't. I mean, they, they're, they're, they could, they're going to lose to North Texas. Week one. It wouldn't shock me. Now, North Texas is going to be pretty bad. They're a lot. This isn't North Texas from last year. It could be bad. But I, I they lose that game, and they're, you're, you're getting three wins. Oh, my God. I think they could lose to Stanford. Like, it wouldn't shock me if they lost Cal, to Stanford. Cal's seven-and-a-half-point favorites at North Texas. Yeah. Is that the only game they're favored in this year? Uh, no, oh, Stanford. It was favored at Stanford, yeah. Either way, I, I don't think much of this Cal team, so I, under five feels like a really safe play for me. So uh, that that one will be my favorite Pac-12 win total under. All right, I'm going to give you the Pac-12 quarterbacks, uh, just the top at least. Who's your Heisman pick in the Pac-12? Caleb Williams is the overall Heisman favorite. He's plus 550. Even though no one wins two Heismans, we know that. Archie Griffin. Bo Nix, 16-1. to one. Mm, Michael okay. Penix, 16-1. to one. Do we have to go? Do, we, do you, want, you want me to go further? I don't think so, because the next name on the list would probably be Cam Rising, and you already know my interest. 70 to 1 on Cam Rising. I'll go Michael Penix. I, I think Michael Penix at 16 to 1 is a is the best value of those for certain. Um, Bo Nix, same price, though. Bo Nix lost his offensive coordinator. That's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what Bo Nix looks like uh, in, in year two with that system. So I've seen Bo Nix look really, really bad. Uh, it seems like there was a lot of... A lot of uh, a lot of things that happened last year are being brought directly into this year for Penix. Mm-hmm. I mean, the same thing for Caleb Williams, uh, who I mean, listen, if you if they were all even odds, I'd say Caleb Williams has the best chance. Yeah, but because I like Washington to win a bunch of games this year, uh, and, and I I like it on the arm of Penix and the legs of Penix. I'll tell you what, that that's, game, that's the way I would look. That game at Washington, Washington against Oregon. That'll cancel out one of those guys. Yep, I agree. Because Oregon's going to be five and zero going into that game, and probably putting up a ton of points. Portland State, Texas Tech, Hawaii, Colorado, Stanford. Well, that's a bad schedule. They're going to win every game by twenty yeah, points. Yeah. And then you go into that game against Michael Penix and Washington, and Nix is going to be top three yeah. in the Heisman voting at that point. Maybe or in the Heisman odds, I should yeah. say. Yeah. I mean, yeah. right now he's the sixth favorite. So, Mike, yeah, Michael Penix would be my choice of those. I think because I, I, I like Washington better than Oregon, I, and most a lot of it's nothing to do with the quarterbacks. Yeah, I like Washington's defense a lot more than I like Oregon's defense. So, if I get Michael Penix playing against Oregon's defense, mm-hmm. and I get you get Bo Nix playing against Washington's defense, I feel better about having Michael Penix because I've got the better defense as well. I think you're right. Um, I thought Penix had a shot last year. Things didn't go, yeah. you know, things didn't go according to, to to plans. But I think if they're both the same pricing, then yes, I think I, I think the better chance is Penix. And imagine had they played USC last year and maybe given Penix a chance at a head-to-head win. Yeah, Penix finished eighth last year in the voting. Yeah. This year he'll finish top five. And remember, a lot of this is preseason perception. It's rare that someone comes from the middle of nowhere to win the Heisman. Michael Penix was in the middle of nowhere last year because he was coming off a bad season. Yeah, and now well, two, 2019, the kid was he was phenomenal yeah. in Indiana. Now he's he's coming off another phenomenal year. Yeah. Uh, I I think yeah I can I can see a path to him winning that trophy. All right, well that is the Pac-12. Fez, your thoughts on AJ and I's Pac-12 preview? So this could be the crazy uncle at the Thanksgiving table, but I think this relegation of the Pac-12 loser teams is going to have an impact. I think that Washington State, Oregon State, 
Cal, uh, Stanford, you know, the island of misfit toys. <laughs> there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of distractions. I don't like a team that's distracted. I like a team that's just practicing and is hungry. I think you got to lower their power rings. Now, do you low the, lower them a quarter of a point? Do you lower them a point and a half? I'm not sure. But I do think some lowering is in order. I get that Oregon State was undervalued before this all went down two weeks ago, one week ago. I can't get behind backing Oregon State in any way. And I certainly can co-sign on fading Cal. And in fact, I just bet North Texas plus nine week one. Uh, Cal team traveling to the heat. 1 p.m. game in Texas. AJ, it's hot in Texas this time. It is hot in Texas. You know know the latest line that I saw? Seven and a half. Seven and a half? Yes. So I actually laid seven personally on this based upon a recommendation. I don't want to, like, you know, mention everyone, but, you know, he. So you got Cal minus seven and you got North Texas plus nine? Yeah, not, it, it's not even break even. I don't. I don't feel okay. it's not a good middle. But um, but I, but sentiment has changed, and I'm, the more I look at this, the more I'm like, oh God, Cal's going to be depressed. You know, they're looking for a home. Their coaches are going to be distracted, and now they got to go to Destin, Dustin, Denton, <laughs> Denton. Yeah, what I said. Destin. They got to. They got to go to. The, they got. They would be even hotter and muggier there. Uh, that'd be a longer road trip. That'd be even worse to go to Fort, Fort Walton Beach. But they're uh, nevertheless. Uh, I think North Texas, and I listened to some sharps out there that say, "Boy, if they were if they played this game last year, this game would be close to a pick 'em." So I will take the nine, the eight, and the eight and a half. And I did, in fact, with the dog. So you said it's it's not even break even. So you're still hoping, like it's still profitable for you if Cal wins handily. It just this would uh, negate some of your losses if what you think it, it, the new Cal if this happens. No, I actually played a little bit more on the underdog here, North Texas. Oh, okay. So I'm actually rooting for North Texas. Well, I'm rooting okay. for it to land seven or eight. But if it isn't going to, I will root for North Texas to go ahead and get the cover. Yes. What do you think about my Colorado under? I know could have got a better number months ago, but based, on the, tell number, him, Fez. based on the number that's available now— because I can only go off the information we have right now, I would still go under three and a half on this team. Spot on. So, um, you know, I got to ask you, what is your number one sport that you handicap? Probably hockey. Hockey, beautiful. Number two? Baseball. Number three? College football. Beautiful. Um, A-OK with the Colorado. Under three and a half makes a lot of sense. Now, if you had answered answered college football number one, I would have a drastically different answer. What would I have said? You would have said that it's criminal that I didn't play – under five and a half. What the f am I paying you for? <laughs> if that's if that's your number one sport, you got to be just you, you have to be originating. But again, and here, you can't be in all places at all times. But here in the first yeah. week of August, as I'm doing a preview of the Pac-12 based on the information today, the current line today is three and a half. Exactly, and you can't originate and be in all places at all times, and it's not your number one sport. But you see, that really is the difference between being just absolutely focused on one sport mm. or having somebody that you work with focused on one sport to you know to get at the very best of the number. Yes. But AJ brought up a good point. Like I brought up the schedule and how it's just it's it's a complete hodgepodge of a roster thrown together through the transfer portal. And AJ brought up the idea that people are actually going to get up to play against Colorado because of Dion. Yeah, that's because, a good point. You know, like like it's not just going to be like Stanford or Cal rolling in. It's Coach Prime. It's like probably a, a camera crew of documentarians following him all season long and getting all this attention and publicity for a team that won one game last year. 
players are going to be insulted by that. And the fact they're getting all that attention and they are just cutting in line to bet them under all summer long mm-hmm. speaks volumes that Colorado's yeah, and also I, I hear other shows, and pretty much every person I have zero, zero respect for likes Colorado over. <laughs> so sorry for the who, everyone I just threw under the bus. But uh, I, I agree. If I had to play it, I'd play under the three and a half, and I lament the fact that I didn't get, I mean, five and a half, you know, that's, that's like the first guy in line. Yeah. You don't have to be the first guy in line. Like four and a half would have been, you know, what would be what I would expect from like a college football. Act. So let me give an example like for season wins. It kind of shows how hard did you work this summer? Did you take the summer off? Did you go to the water parks or were you grinding? Mm-hmm. All right. So if you've got Northwestern under three and a half, you were grinding. You were on top of it. What was the other big um, news that, for a team that we wanted to play under where there was a key injury? Quarterback going down. There must have been at least one or two other teams that we should have had a piece of something. And maybe we got it and maybe we didn't. Can And the Iowa State. Iowa State. Oh, Iowa State. Oh, yeah. yeah. Iowa, so Iowa State and Northwestern, the two that come to my mind, there's, and the listeners out there that are college football experts probably are thinking Fezzik's, you know, he was at the water park because he didn't play Mississippi State under and he didn't get Purdue under five and a half like I did. So, you know, kudos to them. There's probably I, I probably missed, you know, for the two I got, I probably missed two or three others really good bets. And listen, you got to take your vacation. You were in San Diego. You were in Northern California. You do your thing. That's what I do. Yeah. During the summer. And somehow by some miracle as it, you count on your people. As Danny DeVito says in other people's money, it was a miracle. The dollar did this, the yen did the other thing, and the infrastructure went down or up like it was supposed to. And um, New England Copper and Cable, MLB, Fezzik, went up 29 units. I'll That's take a it. Nice thing. Did you uh, take a look at the Game of the Year releases from South Point? I did. I did. So, uh, of course, I'm not allowed to bet at South Point. You know what? Fuck Dennis Taylor. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna apologize to him. I can. I can. I'm good without being going to All American Burger. Yeah. Fuck Dennis Taylor. Um, I think it's a steak and shake. <laughs> at South Point. Yeah. No, I started. I started Fast Times Reach my high. When his girlfriend said, "You know, if you apologize to Dennis, I'm sure he'd give you your job back." Um, but I digress. Uh, North Carolina State. I saw was catching seven. Yeah, against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame. So I. I, uh, I got a. I got a piece of that one. What do you guys think? I don't hate it. Uh, I, I've become more bullish on Notre Dame as the the offseason's worn on. I've heard some good things about the quarterback play there. Generally not a team I'm super excited about. I, I think at seven you're probably – Yeah, I think you're certainly on the better, better side of a line move that's probably coming. Who coined the I don't hate it? Because I've been hearing – I never heard that five years ago. I, no one said that. And now that's becoming a very common saying. And you know what? It's, it's, it's part of the vernacular. Yeah. I kind of hate it. Why do you hate it? Because it doesn't say anything. Like, if I don't have an opinion on it, but I think you're probably, like... You might like you might dislike it's, it's it. It's like, you don't hate I know, it. that's what I I'm, I'm saying. I, I dislike lean, it. I lean to your side. I wouldn't knock down an old lady to go bet it. But you could lean to the other side and say, I don't hate it. No, I would say, I don't like it. Then, then say, then, then why don't you say, I lean to your side instead of, I don't hate it. Be, well, because it's, it'd be... I, I'm sorry, Fez. I don't know what uh, it Fez, means. I lean to your side, but I wouldn't play it. All right. I feel better now. <laughs> I feel better. Did okay. you? <laughs> uh... Texas Oklahoma, the um, the Red River rivalry, posted at six on the opener. Yeah, six and a half, seven other places. Sure, seems like that Texas team is always power rated through the moon, and then they actually have to play the games. They don't do so well, right? Well, last year they were dogs, and they they won the game forty nine to zero. 
Well, that seems like a strong showing. I think Oklahoma didn't win a game last year. They, they were not very good. Six and six. They were not very okay, good. Okay, so I, I think if we went back the last ten years, Oklahoma's probably done pretty well in that series. They certainly have. But I, I, I'm a buyer on Texas, and I'm a seller still on Oklahoma. Like I, I don't think it's coincidence that when everything went out the door at Oklahoma, they suddenly got bad. They brought in a coach who'd never been a head coach before. Surprise, he wasn't good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Texas is bringing back pretty much everything uh, outside of Bijan Robinson. And even with Bijan Robinson gone, they still have like a top five running back room in the country. It's insane that they, they've got as much on, as they do on offense. And the biggest loss on defense is basically Gary Patterson left. Uh, what, what number would you make Texas in the country? Pro- I, I'm probably higher on them than most. I'd say eight or nine. Where are we going to put uh... – Alabama. Three or four. Very good. So we got to take Texas plus seven at Alabama. We're taking Texas plus seven. The coaches poll came out today, Hmm? and uh, Texas is 12th in the coaches poll. Hmm. The AP poll, Texas will be higher. Yeah. Coaches don't like Texas. Coaches don't like Texas. Media does. Uh, Michigan, Ohio State, game of the year line, South Point, Michigan minus Minus three. three. Yeah. Michigan's one point better, and they're home, so they should be laying three and a half, but uh, they're one point better now. Will they be one point better come November, right? That would be my analysis. All right, well, that's the – DraftKings game of the year line, two and a half. Yeah, part of the advantage that, that Michigan has in that game is they've got the same quarterback coming back that, that was there last year. Ohio State doesn't have that. By the time they play, it's, it's going to be like basically a, a, a much more seasoned quarterback mm-hmm. playing for Ohio State – than what they'd have if they played them early in the season. Well, good news. I was just at Bet Bash, and I got to discuss this very game with the very, very well thought of Mr. Paul Stone, college football yeah. expert, and he personally laid two and a half on with Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Where is Bet Bash? Where was it held? It was. It's being held at Circus slash the D, the Canada Bar. Bar Canada. Bar Canada, one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting, the irony is there was a lot of Canadians there. So I spoke with Rob Pizzola down there. Um, and uh, from Rob from Betstamp. Yep. Yeah. And uh, two other Canadians down there. So um, it was— How many um, people were there overall? Uh, like 150. And so is this just people hanging out, talking? Or is it like, what, what's, what exactly is going on at this place? Did I— like people were acting like so the all, idea that I wasn't going was crazy. And so I'm, oh it, no, it, you're it fine. Is, it is a it's a networking event. Uh, now this is it's gotten bigger every year. It started out as just not. It started out like you're saying. It started out as just a hangout, just guys getting together, hanging out. And then it has turned in with the help of Circa. It has turned into an event where they'll they'll go into a ball, they'll go into the ballroom of the warehouse and have like a panel presentation and have discussions on different topics. Yeah, so Adam Chernoff was there. Mm-hmm. Now, personally, you know, far be it for me to, like, like try to tweak, you know, Spanky's masterpiece, and he's doing a great job with everything, but there's, like, multiple open bar nights, which is good for all the networking and the like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are events during the day. If my druthers, I know there's going to be a panel on Friday. I like panels. So I, sure. like, I like panels, question and answer, and so there's going to be – uh, speed networking, speed dating for finding sports betters. So I'm hoping to find some cuties tomorrow. And then on <laughs> Thursday, what? Uh, there's a scavenger hunt. Is your hunt. wife going with you, Fez? Uh, on Thursday, there's a scavenger <laughs> hunt. And I'm gonna, instead of going to the scavenger hunt, I'm going to stay home with my wife on Thursday. Um, and then Friday, there are panels. So I'll attend the panels. And I'll probably go back 
either Wednesday or Thursday night to one of the dinners. I'll, I'll go Thursday because they feed me for free, and I like Scott. I like free food. Yeah, if it's free, it's for me. Fez's speed dating card, by the way, the questions that he's going to ask as soon as the person sits down, sits down is, "Do you have access to DraftKings and Fanduel, and are you limited?" <laughs> And if the answer is yes to the first one, but then yes to the second question, you can move on. Move on, yeah. If it's yes to the first and no to the second, well, hi, I'm Steve Fezzik. <laughs> so you've got this bet. You've got this Bet Rivers dress that you can wear. Well, you know what? How soon can you move in? <laughs> well, you don't want her to move in because if she lived with you, she wouldn't have Bet Rivers anymore. You, this yeah. needs to be a long distance. I, I can yeah. just put her in one of the other wings. This needs <laughs> to be a locate somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. Right. Long distance seems ideal for for your betting needs, is what I would guess, Fez. Um. Yes. Uh. That, you know, that, that's a lonely drive over the dam <laughs> to Arizona or to Colorado. Um. Or my goodness, you know, we're talking about or to Iowa. Like, <laughs> one, one of the the great oh. topics we were discussing. If you had to pick one state and you were single and you and and like like. Um, being able to, quality of life didn't matter. You just wanted to maximize earnings. Mm-hmm. What state would you pick to bet sports? New Jersey. Okay, I hear New Jersey. That is not the correct answer. Why? You have the most books. AJ. Colorado. Better. Not correct. You said quality of life doesn't matter. You just quality want the access to the matter. most outs. Yes. But you got to keep. Uh, them. You got to keep them and not get limited. Say this is okay. It's Arizona, yeah. because you have. The options of some of the online books and the proximity to Las Vegas. Excellent, you can bet here. excellent answer. But if you could, but let's say you had to stay in one state and you couldn't coordinate with anyone else. Nevada. It's a good answer, but no. Mm. Ohio and Indiana, because the recent legalization of those states, you are like. There's no professional sports bettors in Ohio. Why would they be living in Ohio? Okay, mm-hmm. the, uh, apologies to the three guys that somehow have eked out a living. Um, you would have made a lot more money if you lived in New Jersey. So get the hell out of Ohio. <laughs> um, but now there's like 20 different operators, and you're much less likely to get kicked out of mm-hmm. Ohio or Indiana or soon to be Kentucky, you know, or West Virginia or any of those places because there's so few people. That's not where, if they put me in charge of limitation, risk management. Yeah. The first place I'm looking is places, states that are close to Nevada and are next to New Jersey, because mm-hmm. that's where professional gamblers reside yeah. and their friends. The reason why I said New Jersey, and maybe you'll change your thoughts on this answer, is because with the surplus of options comes the opportunity to maximize bonuses. And you could sign up for a book, play the bonus, cash out, go to the next one, I think Ohio take is, care of the bonuses, go to the next one. I think bonus, Ohio bonus. is 17. Different, okay. different books, um, but you know, New Jersey does have. And that, Jersey has exchanges. The profit too. exchange. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that. That's if that I, I cannot understand how that hasn't didn't take off. I think that dude is out here. I'm so I'm uh, for from Sports Trade. Yeah, so I'm going to try to. You want me to get you in touch with him? That would be swell. I got you. Yes, yes. Send him. Um, do a group text him and I, and just say you know, uh, Sports Trade. It's Fezic. Mm-hmm. He wants to send you. Like, he wants to double your business. Which literally, I mean, I can't understand. Now, now, the biggest weakness of the exchange is always no one wants to stick their neck out and put out big offers, but um, because then, you know, your quarterback wakes up with the measles and, oh, <laughs> I put out this $5,000 offer and it all got gobbled up. And guess what? If, if something good happens for my team, $12 gets filled instead of 5000 So you got to be careful and not put up big offers. But there's ways around that. And you can just, you know, slowly buy it up s- mm-hmm, slowly mm-hmm. in $300 blocks, you know, where you're, you're matching buyers and sellers. 
So what happens for the rest of Bet Bash now? Like the, tonight was the it, apparently like the uh, what do you call it? The networking social hour, happy hour thing. Like mm-hmm. is when you say these panels, what are the panels about? Are you going to be on a panel? I mean, you're the only two-time Super Contest champion, Fez. I was not invited to participate as a panel, so I will just be a participant in the audience, which is cool. Uh, it's probably better. And that's on Friday. So I think Gil Alexander is going to be hosting one of those. So that should be real good. And tomorrow, Wednesday, is going to be the Speed Networking Dating. And I can tell you this, um, based upon the observation that I had from the clientele Tuesday night, I... Um, I'm not optimistic about a lot of the a lot of the participants hooking up socially. It, romantically. How many, how many women were there? One. One? <laughs> Someone that works in the industry or it's like plane I, I didn't talk to it's like plane, okay. planes, trains, and, and automobiles. They they asked John Candy, you know, what what Steve Martin, what do you think the temperature is outside here in Nebraska? One? <laughs> <laughs> now I from what I understand, so this is this isn't like a uh this isn't a free event. This is ticketed, right? Yes. Yes. So from what I understand, at least based on my my Twitter DMs, there's a lot of, like, I don't want to say, I, I, yeah, I guess casual betters is the way to do it. Guys who are recreational guys who come into Vegas for this, hoping to meet some guy. A lot of them are looking for proxies for, uh, you know, for circa That's the thing. If you're, stuff if you're, like that. If you're coming in for, if you're a recreational better and you're coming into Vegas for Bet Bash, one you're signing up for contests, so you're coming out here anyway. Two, you're trying to meet the people that you interact with on Twitter. You're trying to meet Spanky. You're trying to meet some of these other, you know, betters. Yeah, people that you listen to in the podcast world or whatnot. Um, I don't know how many of the recreational betters are coming out to Bet Bash to try and partner up with people. Um, I think those are, you know, more of the serious professionals are maybe trying to network. Now, Fez, is there anyone... In particular, you're looking for like, do you wish that you had a guy who was like a uh, a real big MLS guy who like, hey, I'm hitting like 58 percent on MLS. Like, is that something you're looking for? And like, it would would you be like, oh, well, I'll trade you X for uh, for MLS a- picks? Absolutely. So someone that I, in fact, I just I'll, I'll share with you guys. I sent a um, a text. I'm sorry, I didn't send it to you guys. Oh, thanks. They stink. It was a shocking development. Um, Let me guess. Messi to score minus 160. Yeah. Do you have any guys? He scored in every game. <laughs> question, do you have any guys you follow on Twitter that post plays for free and they look like they win and get closing line value? I, sh- I, sh- I, sh- I sent that out to three people because the idea is that not only do they have to win, they can't influence the market. It doesn't mm. do me and any good if Adam, if, if someone sends me, hey, Adam, turn off, on the Raiders. Well, yeah, the well, line moved. You know, it's like that's not going to help me any. I need to know about someone that's like under the radar. And I do have a guy that I work with with CFL. Several guys mm-hmm. that that don't move the number. I mean, they'll make a bet, but they're not going to move the the market overall. So guys like that, I absolutely would partner with. I'm also looking, obviously, to uh, partner with Pete Rose or Charles Barkley or any huge lifetime loser that can bet whatever he wants, wherever he wants, and there's no chance that he's going to get kicked out anywhere. Mm -hmm. Those guys are gold if you can find someone that just likes to gamble and has lost. But you know what the problem is? Those guys are really hard to partner up with because you know what they tend to do? Lose. (laughs) And when you fund the accounts, guess whose money they lose? Yours. Yours. Mm-hmm. And and even though they're making more money than God, oh, I don't want to say anything about P. Rose or Charles Parkway. This does not apply to them. But other people who everyone thinks is rich, they're not. 
and it's been a major problem, you know, with people that I've worked with. I, I, I'm much better off working with a guy, and I tell some of my buddies also, the whole too cool for school, play C-Mac over 76 yards, it's like stop it. So a third grader can understand, I need San Francisco, I need football, San Francisco mm-hmm. 49ers, running back, McCaffrey, over. All right, that if you can't send it so a third grader can understand, because they're like, but you know who he plays for. And I'm like, I gotta be able to resend it to my guys that are betting it, and they're dummies. I mean, not dummies, but they're, you know, they're smart mm. guys. All right, they're not that smart, but they um, they just don't follow any of the players. And and then the whole idea of like, and this happens on Twitter too. Like, there's literally guys that will tech, they'll, they'll tweet about a hockey player. Like, I'm supposed to know? I can't name a hockey player in the entire country, you know? So like, oh, I can't believe he was offsides there. Like oh sharp tweet yeah that would unfollow immediately. So who was the who was the most interesting person you met uh, at Bet Bash so far? Oh the I gave him gosh I gave him my number I for, I forgot his name but I, he's wasn't that interesting. I no he was very interesting <laughs> gentleman from Costa Mesa and we spoke about Costa Mesa. I'm sorry I met so many people I got I'm getting the names. Um I, I, I told him just when you if you text me just text Costa Mesa so Costa Mesa so I, so I know but th- that he had just sold his business and he'd come out here with 250k ish or maybe 100k or maybe 500k because that's pri- proprietary information he's going to be a professional sports better. That was very interesting. Would you agree? Uh, that is interesting. Yeah, so I mean, you want to advertise on a podcast? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he's looking to make money betting sports. It might happen. Yeah. Might yes. happen. And is he looking to partner with you? Um, he seemed somewhat reluctant. Oh. You know, so you know, I, I gave him my card. So, okay. I said, you know, I mean, I, I, it's early. Get everyone out there. A mm-hmm. couple days, some drinks, loosen some people. Oh, there's a scavenger hunt Thursday, which should be a lot of fun. But I got to be honest, this is the hard part about being – you know what, what? What what we do? I'm doing two jobs at once. I'm, I'm betting for a living, and I'm giving out plays to my clients. All right, I didn't give out any plays to my clients. I was distracted today. I'm doing the, the podcast, and now I'm doing the speed networking tomorrow. Mm. And the way my baseball works best is I get all my information from like 7:30 until 10 a.m. And then I'll give out my. You guys get my play. Sometimes I'll send it out at 8:30 if I really like 8 a.m. If I really like a play, but more often than not, you know that's a sweet. It's my play. alarm clock in the morning. Yeah, right, right when around 8:30. When, when, when my phone beats and, and it's, a, it's a it's a fez play, I'm like, ah, time to wake up. <laughs> I've sent stuff out at 5 a.m. I apologize for that. You're probably still up though. I'm um, doing S O V A M. Be glad you're not on my college basketball text list, Scott. <laughs> yeah. I send. I, it's like all hours of the night. I'm sending text to fez. Um, and, and I, I tell everybody this too. I'm like, I literally, I'm like. I've I've got some sharp guys I work with, and they're very much like you know they're busy. I get it, and and but I'm sending them my plays, and then I and then every now I got one friend. He's a great friend. I love him, Brad. But Brad will send stuff like like he loves the Oklahoma City Thunder over, and he's like, and he told me about this, so it's cool for me to bring it up. But like all the time, he'll say stuff like I'll use the Reds for example, or or no the Cubs. We'll say oh, I got like. 20k on the Cubs to like win the division and to go over 77 wins and to win the pennant, and I'm like, Brad, no text, no, no pass. Don't post. tell me about it. I don't. Mm. I, I do not want to hear about any big wins you ever have that you didn't tell me about before. Now he told me about this before, so it's cool. But um, I always tell everybody, text, text, text. You can't text enough. Text, 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 text. And every now and then they text, and sometimes if they haven't text me. I just start texting them. You know, like you've got you've got friends like that, right? That like one sentence. Yeah, like, of course. Like, and then you don't respond with five minutes, and, and like you are up for golf, right? 
<laughs> you you used to like to play golf. How was your game? Yeah. Have you played a golf round lately? Like text a text. Okay, not like that, but you get the idea. And this is why Fez doesn't have friends. There you go. Not many. <laughs> well, I have a bet. I have a bet for you. I like it. Golf bet. No hockey bet. Hockey bet. Yeah. Under the radar, no one. It's not. It's like not no, anymore. No one's covering it now because it's not hockey season. But the Penguins just acquired Eric Carlson in a trade. He won the Norris Trophy last year as the best defenseman in the NHL. Pittsburgh over. Points. He became the first defenseman since Brian Leach in '91 to have over 100 points in a season. He, he played. Uh, he played for Vegas. No, he played for the Sharks last year. I'm on top of my hockey. William Carlson played for the God, Vegas Golden Knights. Dang it. Penguins missed the playoffs last year for the first time in 16 years. Mm-hmm. They made the playoffs every year, 16 straight years. Last year, they missed the playoffs. So what are they doing? They're going into retool mode, bringing in a stud player like Eric Carlson. Penguins minus 205 to make the playoffs. Did they, a uh, question for you, um, did they always finish with a, a net positive points? They probably did this last year also because of the crazy scoring system, right, that everybody finishes with more wins than losses, right? Yeah, last year the Penguins were 40, 31, and 11. So... Basically, Pittsburgh professional. Remember, they lost the last. They lost that to the Blackhawks in like an inexcusable loss, and it kept or the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks kept them out, and it kept them out of the playoffs. Take your word for it. The uh, professional Pittsburgh teams always Mm -hmm. have the last sixteen years have had winning seasons. Not the Pirates. (laughs) Not the Pirates. I said professional, (laughs) professional football or, or, or teams. Yes. But this trade makes that it we're ele- bullish it, on Pittsburgh. We're bullish. This trade makes them uh, a serious. That it elevates them tremendously. This guy's this guy's a real. This guy's a great player, and I think it kind of will it will rejuvenate the older players like Crosby, having a player like Carlson now on the team. I like that minus two hundred five to make the playoffs. Do you gonna you gonna uh, um, assess your? It's your number one sport, hockey. So you're gonna put yeah. are you gonna put down an over under on on expected. What you think the points are for each and every team? Yeah, I'll do that once before. Yeah, because I'll do, probably do the same thing I do with baseball, where I have my I'll look at the projections that are out there, and then put my own spin on all the projections and see what the market has. Maybe, but right now he's focusing it, on college football. As we got contests to win, may make yeah. it may make a suggestion. Yeah, don't look at the projections. Put okay. your numbers together before. Sure. Be ready to rock. All right. All right. And that way, someone might come out with the. NHL season win numbers yeah. well, before the, anybody puts out any projections. Well, the Devils are going to win the cup. So, so. They, I'll take the field. You can bet that. Nine to one right now. Oh. All right, Fez, get us out of here. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, be careful out there. Talk to you next week.